When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonusbs. The Burt Show. It's really kind of a terrifying thought. And of all the things that can go wrong on a plane, you would think this would be about the last thing that could go wrong, especially if you're on that plane and then you have no idea what's going on in the cockpit. As if we don't have enough things to already be afraid of when you get on a flight, like you said. I don't typically get scared when I get on flights, but I do sometimes think about all of the things that could go wrong. And one of them being, for me, has always been like, what if the pilot is not on his game today? Or what if he's having (laughs) a bad day? You're not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. You're a basketball player. You have a bad day. Okay, you score two points. They rip on you on ESPN. Bad day in a plane? Not good for anybody. Not the same. And so this pilot was actually off duty, but he was on the flight, and he is now currently being charged with 83 counts of attempted murder for trying to shut off the engine mid-flight. So... As the story goes, this pilot is on his flight, and for those who may not know, there is a jump seat in the cockpit which pilots or off-duty, like, uh, airline employees will sit with the pilots when the flight is oversold. So it's, like, not the two main seats up there. There's usually one other one up there. It doesn't look like a very comfortable seat, but it's a seat nonetheless. Right. Right? And we've seen flight attendants have the, a similar seat outside of the cockpit, and... um a co-pilot can be in a third seat, right? Right. So they're not flying the plane. They're off duty. They're just getting, they're traveling somewhere. But I guess this guy, for whatever reason, wanted to shut the mid, the engine off mid-flight. And the actual pilots that were on duty had to stop him from doing it because obviously it could have been bad. And here's the audio from the live ATC.net of the pilot talking to the air traffic controls after the incident. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit. He doesn't sound like he's causing any issue in the back right now. I, I think he's the dude. We want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. He was on shrooms. Is that what it was? Yeah, he was on shrooms. That'll do it. I didn't even read that part in the article. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, it's come out that he was he was had taken shrooms, psilocybin. And- and just had a panic moment and went to go turn off the engines or whatever, and then they subdued him. And he was actually, he was off-duty pilot, but was flying with them to go to San Francisco or somewhere because then he was going to actually actively fly a, p- a plane. Yep. Like he was going to his next de- destination <laughs> oh, to fly a plane. It, it, it was San Francisco. They had to divert yeah. the plane to uh, Portland so that he could be arrested because he was, like you said, on his way to actually fly a plane. Yeah, but... They, they said he, he, he admits to taking shrooms. That's so scary. Now, nobody in the plane knew what was going on. Like, it was it going up and down and all over the place? And no. Pat, no, no one knew. From what I read, no one was none the wiser because there's a, a, a lot of amount of time that you can fix an engine being shut off. So, thankfully, the pilots knew what they were doing, obviously, and were able to fix it before it got bad. But, yeah, they had to jump in there and actually turn the engine back on mid-flight. Yeah, I, I mean, think imagine a- having somebody in the cockpit going crazy like a spider monkey, and you're <laughs> the pilot in there trying to keep the plane, like, <laughs> hey, in the air. You're in there wrestling with him. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been just as shocked up there, right? Yeah. yeah I think there's like a, a misconception that when an engine or two engines even go out on a plane that it goes straight down. Right. It doesn't. It just kind of like glides in and it gives the pilots plenty of time to try to find a runway if it happens. So in that time where it's gliding down is probably where they subdued this dude mm-hmm. and brought the plane to safety. That's crazy though, man. Yeah, everybody ended up being safe, thank God, and he has now been arrested, but I mean, just the thought of that, like, there's not enough to already worry about. And what do you, uh, when do you as a passenger find this out? Like, as you're leaving the plane, the flight attendants are like, hey, funny story. <laughs> because they got point. diverted, yeah. so they're not they're not going to Sanford. They're not going, so they have to have a reason. You got to say something. You got to say something. 
What do you say? I highly doubt they said, hey, we in here wrestling with a pilot who's trying to kill y'all. Oh, hell no. They, they read about it on the shade room the same time you read about exactly. it on the shade room. Yeah. But they have to arrest him, right? So I'm sure they have, because that happens when you have people that cause um, disruption, you know, disruption on a plane. Cops are waiting for you as soon as you get oh, yeah. off the plane to take mm-hmm. you in. So cops had to have been there as soon as they landed to handcuff this dude and take him in. So you got to think, you're getting off that flight and seeing somebody that's a pilot. I'm sure he's probably in uniform, getting arrested. And now you've been diverted because of that, and you have to get on another flight right after that to go where you were originally going. Damn. Yeah, that might mess your day up a little bit. So I'm guessing this whole program probably now of being able to be a pilot that's off duty and in a cockpit, I'm guessing that now is over. That's a good point. They might have to reevaluate that, which is bad news for people who fly standby, but yeah. Right. There's, there's no way. That's such a huge perk of any any employee in any airline can kind of do that sort of thing. Like, that would be a massive job setback. I mean, it could be just one dude uh, that's going to ruin it for the entire... I mean, what do you really need that dude in there for anyway? Just the extra perk is, hey, if you're going to be a pilot on our airline, you get to fly wherever you no, want? he was off duty. He was just... He needed to get to San Francisco to his flight, huh? and so they just let him ride in the car. Like, How so- about give him a discount and put him in... Comfort Plus. Yeah, yeah, you could, but maybe it was a sold-out flight. They yeah. didn't have any room, so they're like, hey, you can right. just you can sit in the jump seat, and they let him sit in the jump seat. So he wasn't there. Damn. He wasn't working. He was off-duty <laughs> trying to get to his next flight. And yeah, Oof. the dude had taken shrooms, and that's why he tried to turn off the, the engine. Bad timing to take shrooms. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There are some jobs you should just stay away from shrooms. That's one of them. If you're working a toll booth, that's fine. Do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I will never judge you. All you got to do is do some math. That's it, right? <laughs> should we come up with a list? of jobs where, you know what, if you're on shrooms, it's all good. You know, I'm sure there's other jobs that if you're on shrooms, it's all good, man. i got to be honest with you. I think we have one of those jobs because if we're not having fun, then we we literally can get in trouble from our bosses by not having enough fun. Correct. So if we're not having fun, the boss can come in here and give us Mm -hmm. shrooms and go, hey, lighten it up, guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mask guys, us and and, and, and colorful. Mask guys. That's another great one. Act as goofy as you want. Clowns. Yeah. 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 Yes. Every clown should be on shrooms. I don't know if I want to clown at my kid's birthday party on shrooms. Oh, yeah. That's a hard no. turn ugly. I remember we went too far. Yeah. The Burt Show. All right, Katie, so you, you think your mom might have accidentally insulted you, or do you think that this one is, no, this is on purpose? Oh, no, 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 no. She did this on purpose. And... I, I can't fully be upset about it because that's the relationship that she and I have. We have this open, be honest, tell me how you really feel, it's okay type of relationship. So I can go to her and say, hey, today you're getting on my nerves. I'm going to isolate myself. And she can say the same and will be no hard feelings. And you really take that chip and you'll call that one from time to time with your mother. Yes. Really? Oh, oh, absolutely. It's kind of refreshing. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Because then I can just like let it out, especially after a night of having wine where she and I have just been drinking together. Oh, those are interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, there's only been a few times that I can count on my hand where when she did say something, it actually, like, hurt my feelings, even though I asked for it or Mm -hmm. had that open door for it. Mm -hmm. And the last time that I recall is... (laughs) You know know where she's going as I do. The last time I recall is when I was just hanging out with my mom, right? Minding your business. Just minding my business. And she looks at me like, she looks at me like really closely. Like she gets all in my face. And I'm like, okay. In your personal space. All in my personal space. And she says, baby, you have a mustache. (gasps) Right? Oh no! Yep. Oh no! So I'm like, she's like, it's okay. It runs in the family, but it, it's there. It's there. I just, I just want to let you know. You know, like you future- don't look in the mirror every day. Exactly. <laughs> well, if she did look in the mirror every day, she would have seen it herself. I, I, it's little peach fuzz, and I was yeah. like, it's just peach fuzz. It's not a big deal. It's a different story when I go to get my eyebrows waxed, and like the lady says, "Hey, you want a mustache wax too?" Like I feel like they say that to everyone. Okay, they don't call it a mustache wax, Katie. They call it a lip wax, and okay. I get one lip. as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. 
That's still the same thing. Wax and not a mustache. Wax. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have this, uh, Abby? Yeah. Oh my gosh, my mom insults me all the time, and she doesn't mean to. But every now and then, she she has actually given me the mustache comp or not compliment mustache <laughs> comment before. Is not, not it's the opposite of a compliment because mm-hmm. um, I self tan, and so sometimes the self tan will coagulate <laughs> on your upper lip and give you sort of like a Luigi looking situation. Mm-hmm. And she has absolutely said, Abby, what's what's going on there? I'm like. I'm just trying not to be pale. (laughs) And that day that hurt my feelings, but I knew she was coming from a place of love, right? And so then, ever since then, now I shave it off, get it waxed, it's gone. You attacked me first, too. Don't forget that part. I sure did, because why wouldn't you tell me what my mother told me? Next Mm -hmm. time Katie saw me, she didn't even say hello to me. Why have you not told me I had a mustache? (laughs) (laughs) Did you even notice it? No. Uh, You don't notice that? Well, I noticed it, especially when I shaved it, and there was actual hair. I was like, Uh oh, there's more than I thought there was. So women will actually put like shaving cream above their lip and shave like a dude does like his mustache. Same thing. I mean, yeah, there are women who now shave because it's okay. The fancy word is dermaplaning, dermaplaning, right? And you scrape off all the hair on your, um, on your face and you are essentially shaving your face. And some women have been doing it for years, especially when you go through menopause and sometimes you get like the hair starts to come in more and coarser. And there are definitely women who shave their face. So there's a different thing that you use? Like it's not the same shaving thing that we use for our mustache? Some women do use razors. I I don't. No, no. I do a, um, like electric. Well, yeah. The electric thing. So you have electric, you have an actual razor, and then you have like this little knife looking thing that you can just kind of... Oh, that's old school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they they call it dermaplaning. Dermaplaning. Uh-huh. Okay. It's shaving. It, but essentially it's shaving, okay. which I do um, whenever I go get a facial. Um, they can they dermaplane for me. Yep. Your facial, your skin absorbs the stuff better, and your makeup goes on so much smoother. I learned a lot about women in the last 24 hours with one conversation we can't have on the air. <laughs> <laughs> and so then the most recent offense we were just having another casual conversation. I'm just standing in the doorway and she just stares at me blankly and just says, Katie, why is your hair always the same? Oh. Uh, like, oh. You, used to, you used to have it curly when you were younger and it would be just so pretty. Like, why don't you wear it like that anymore? because like, you didn't have a job when you were seven. <laughs> it had to be at 4.40 in the morning when you were six years old. And I'm like, you're the one who did my hair, first of all. And she never taught me how to wear it curly. I don't even know how to do that if I wanted to. Um, and so she's saying that she's like, I just loved it when you just wore it like naturally. Like, it's just... And to to give her some credit, I kind of feel the same because I've been wanting to do a drastic change uh, with my hair. And I feel like that's the thing that women we go through, whether it may be after a breakup, you know, hair change, mm-hmm. you know, evolving as a woman. You do something drastic to change your hair. Yeah. Right. You have your kid. You do the mom cut. <laughs> that like there's so many different things. And so I have been wanting to actually do that. It's just I haven't been uh, ready to take that step. Like mm-hmm. I'm hesitant. Like I'm, I'm afraid of change. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want to do it because I know it'll be fabulous. But I'm just hesitant to take that step. And then also I'm like, I have to find someone that I trust mm-hmm. to like do my hair in that type of style, which is completely different being a black woman to find mm-hmm. someone who can do your hair in a natural style where it's like, uh, we call it like a flexi rod set where it's just like the curls that will last for a long time instead of me just going to silk press. I'm like, I feel like anybody can just have straight flattened my hair. So now I'm on the fence about actually doing it and taking her advice because mm-hmm. I know she's come from a place of love and it's something I do want to do deep down inside, but I'm afraid to do it. Um, do I have this wrong? Didn't one of your friends like a couple of weeks ago tell you that you have to start dressing up also? Oh, no, that was when I ran into a woman I used to date. Okay. Oh, that's right. Wearing sweats. That's right. She told herself, that. yeah. right. yeah. she told herself <laughs> Between you and your mom, y'all gonna get you together. <laughs> You're driving that new fancy car now and you have to look like you belong in that yeah. car. Exactly. So it needs a new hairstyle too, right? Yeah. Brand new car with a thick ass mustache. <laughs> With your sale style. <laughs> People are going to go, oh, look at that cop in that car. <laughs> okay. The Birch Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Birch Show's entertainment buzz. Rebecca Luce claims she caught David Beckham in bed with a model. So if you don't know who Rebecca Luce is, she is the woman who is claiming that David Beckham cheated on her 
um, while he was with Victoria. She was his former personal assistant, and she has come out recently to the Daily Mail and said, you know, I know this Beckham documentary is out, and he's kind of painting himself as the victim and making me look as the liar, but all these stories I have are true. So now she's coming out with the Daily Mail and, and talking about another time where he was cheating on Victoria with another woman. She told the Daily Mail that she and David were at a birthday party for another Brazilian soccer player and she saw him hiding, talking to this model. And then she said soon after she gets a call from Victoria and she's like, put me on the phone with my husband. So she goes upstairs and David is in a room with two bodyguards in front of the door. So she tells the bodyguards, hey, got Victoria on the phone and need you to get David. So when David comes out from the bedroom and opens the door, she can see the model on the bed and she just hands him the phone and goes, it's your wife. And she's obviously furious because she was having an affair with David or is claiming that she was having an affair with David and is now sleeping with this other woman and she's got the wife on the phone. So it's a very tense situation as you can imagine. So he's cheating on the cheater also? Yeah. Whoa. Cheating, cheating. Um, So again, having watched the documentary, they don't talk about the details of the affair. They just talk about the tabloid coverage of the affair and how it affected um, David and Victoria and their relationship and how they, you know, overcame it. They like doing this docuseries and you're putting your life out there. They had to have had some idea that talking about this was would would, would resurrect it. Correct. Well, and you have to be prepared for those that were involved who want to tell their side of the story. So I'm just going <clears> to <throat> try to get in their heads for a second. Maybe they're thinking, look, because we don't name who it is. They never show a picture of who it is. They allude to the affair, but maybe they thought like, I'm going to say that, yes, we had an affair, but I'm not going to name anybody. So no one's going to say anything at this point. It's behind us. So she didn't interpret it that way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like they did, they didn't. I'm not saying he was right in what he did. That's no. for sure. But I mean, he also didn't call the mistress out by name or anything like that. Yeah, when she says they're calling me a liar, I watched it. I didn't pick up on that at all. Uh-uh. No, like it's so bizarre. Well, I mean, that's ha- happens all the time. You can look at the same thing and see two different things, right? And even if the Beckhams put all this behind them, and it was years ago. I think the intention here by this woman is let's bring it back up and cause some more attention, cause some more crap, and give me some clout. Emotionally, between the two of those, man, to, between the Beckhams, that's going to hurt just as much today as it did 10 years ago. Because this all happened when he left Manchester United and went to Spain, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah, I think the only reason she's bringing up is because the tabloids are naming her, I think. So they're they're bringing yeah. up the history like, hey, if you want to read more about this story, go here. Gotcha. And that's where it names her. Yeah. So I, I get where she's coming from to an extent because she's living a very low-key life. Although I will say, I did hear that she posed for Playboy pretty shortly after all of the drama came out in like the 90s. So yeah. it's also possible that this could be a resurrection of the clout, but from the interview that I saw, I very much got the sense that it wasn't like a clout chasing type of thing. It seemed like she very much wanted it to be shut down. Yeah. And like this happened, I mean, God, this happened 20 plus years ago. This is in my past. And here you do this docuseries and you're talking about it. And now I'm like, now I'm tabloid fodder yet again. And I don't want my name out there. Yeah. And here's the thing too. I think you got to remember, this is the kind of stuff that goes on your permanent record here, man. I mean, just because you had an affair 20 years ago, doesn't mean that it's just going to go away. So Justin Timberlake's learning that lesson the hard way. Yeah. You put yourself at risk here, right? I, I tell my son this all the time, not about affairs, but like when you make decisions or you put yourself in a situation where other people um, make decisions on your fate, that's on you because you put yourself in a really, really bad place. So even though this happened 20 years ago, he's still feeling it. Huh. Well, then if you take that, that if you take that into account, she's saying he's the victim, but she also made choices back then. Could huh? she also be painting, like, could she also be making herself the victim right now? Because, I mean, it takes two people to tango, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. But Especially it's, if she knew about the, the marriage. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an unfair public fight, though, because she knows she can spill all the tea and she knows that the Beckhams aren't going to say anything about it at all anymore. Absolutely not. Although I will say, I have seen some interesting rumors going around about this specific affair. So I read the gossip account Dumois, which is basically where people will send in these blind items to talk about celeb gossip that they know about behind the scenes. They might work in the industry. They have some kind of insider tip somehow. And somebody said that the Rebecca Luce story came out because they were trying, they 
traded with the entertainment sources for another story that was supposed to come out about the Beckhams. And so it was sort of like choosing between a rock and a hard place. Like, do you want this story to come out or the other story? And apparently they would have rather had the affair come out. I wonder what the other story was. Right? I'm so intrigued. But apparently it was catastrophically horrible. So. Oh. Hopefully one day that comes that out. That did not make the docuseries. No, <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> Football is officially making its way to the Summer Olympics. I'll tell you what the NFL is saying about it on your next Evos on the Burt Show. The Burt Show. Look, stereotypically, this is usually the other way around because, look, women's, someone explained it to me one time that a woman's mind is like a watch. Like on the outside, all you see is like the little hand and the big hand. But if you take that off, then there's all sorts of little pieces that are moving and all working in unison all the time. And it never stops, right? That's why when a man and a woman are on a long drive and there's nothing being said in conversation, the woman will say something like, because she has to say something. So it's (laughs) going to be something like, so... When I die, which one of my friends would you hook up with? <laughs> no, my favorite is, if I was a worm, <laughs> would you still love me? Oh, what? <laughs> Don't ever ask your man what he's thinking because the answer is sports. <laughs> <laughs> so in this case, he takes a page out of her book and asks a question he should have never even asked. Well, yes, and it went viral quickly. And it's funny because I feel like me as a man, I was raised to always, um, I guess, in situations like these, never tell the truth. (laughs) So if, if my lady were to ask me, under any circumstances, would you ever cheat on me? The answer would be simple. Easy. No. Come on, man. Of course. End of it. Then we go watch the game now. There's one answer. That's it, right? And that answer is never. Never. That's it. And chances are you feel that. I mean, you're not lying. You're not going to. Exactly. At least you'll plan on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not on your Google calendar. Exactly. I didn't put it on my calendar. But this guy did have it on his calendar to ask his wife her true feelings upon if she would ever or if she could ever cheat on him. And here was her response. Could you ever cheat on me? Absolutely. (laughs) That's why you don't make dumb decisions like talking to guys one-on-one or hanging out in, like, compromising situations. I'm a human being. You're a human being. And I, I'm sorry, babe. I don't know if this is hard for you to, to hear, but everybody is absolutely capable of infidelity in the right-slash-wrong circumstances. That's why boundaries are so important. You're never going to see me in a situation, even if people think I might be too strict. I don't care because I'm not taking that chance. Amen. I'm not putting myself in a position to even be close to a position to potentially fall to temptation. I'm going to keep it 100 because anyone is capable of cheating, but I will not be cheating on you. Excellent. I love that. I love you. Hmm. It's kind of something, it's interesting to chew on. It is. Yeah. So her point is everybody is capable of cheating on somebody else unless you put up the correct boundary. So what she's saying is it will never happen. I mean, I'm capable of it, but it'll never happen because I always put up the right boundaries. That's her message, right? I think, I think boundaries are good. Um, there's a fine line between boundaries and controlling though, like not being able to have a conversation with a man one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's like, that, that, that seems like an, ex- an excessive boundary to me. Now, mind you, when they're having this conversation, you're watching the video, they have a young child, like they have a baby and the baby strapped to her chest and one of those Bjorn things. And she's just sitting there bouncing up and down telling him <laughs> that she would absolutely cheat on him if she was in the wrong circumstance. That's exactly what it looks like. Right? They're at the pool. They're at the pool. She's got the baby. He's like snoozing, laying against mom. And she's like, yeah, babe, I cheat on you. In fact, this baby here, not even you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually shocked by, I thought when I went to the comments, it would be comment after comment of, Oh my, no, never. What is she talking about? What? But it was a lot of people who agreed, who were like, yeah, um, everybody is capable of cheating on everybody, which is why what she is saying makes sense. But there were also a lot of people who were saying it shouldn't matter. Like, if, if if I go on vacation, there are going to be attractive people around. I'm going to be with my guy friends or my, my mm-hmm. lady friends. I mean, that's a temptation right there. So can you not go on vacation <laughs> because you have to put up boundaries because you'll be tempted to cheat? Well, it depends what country you want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Some countries are safer than others. <laughs> um, so And think about temptations at work. How many people mm-hmm. cheat on a co- you know, cheat on their spouse with a coworker? Mm-hmm. So you can't go to work because there's a temptation there? 
Also, didn't your former pastor do a sermon on, uh, he called them guardrails. Yeah, it's really, really good. Look up uh, Andy Stanley and guardrails. It is a great sermon on how you really have to be very, very intentional on keeping your guard up and making sure you don't go over those boundaries. It's really great. To me, I think this is almost an extreme way of saying that anybody is capable of anything because I I think, again, anybody could be capable of doing anything like murder. Mm -hmm. I could be capable (laughs) of murder. However, I I sometimes think that it could also be led to like a root in your mind. Like I am not going to commit murder because I don't have the mind of a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like I might be capable of it, but deep down, like I don't want to kill somebody. So like with the same thing with cheating. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Just letting you all know that (laughs) while we're all in the studio. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like in in any circumstance, like I could, I could technically kill someone. I think I could take somebody, but (laughs) I don't know. Save save all. Please. <laughs> but like when it comes to cheating, like I think deep down, like you at the root would w- would have to want to cheat in some capacity. But you're just saying that in the right circumstances, yeah. you would just allow that desire to come out. I, I think deep down, a lot of people don't want to cheat. I think a lot of people are happy in their relationships mm-hmm. and even in certain circumstances wouldn't cheat. I think I pay so much attention to detail that even if she did have a point in expressing herself that way, she didn't have to start with absolutely. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that was a strong start. Yeah. She was waiting for that one. Uh, oh, yes. I'm glad, uh, all right. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> the Burt Show. Today is follow-up Thursday. There are a lot of Burt Show storylines that go on that you guys are like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to blank. And then you tell us about it, remind us, and then we'll do the research and get you guys some answers. So this one comes from Charles Swint, and he says, Yo, Bercho, I love you all. I was wondering whatever happened to the two best friends who were the maids of honor in each other's wedding. This was a texting tutor y'all did a few months ago. You remember this one? I do. This one was good. Uh, One friend had already set her wedding date, and her best friend picked her wedding date about a week or two before her friend's wedding. Yeah, I do remember Mm -hmm. that. All right, so the last update we got was just over a month ago. This is a recent one. Lauren and her best friend both engaged with the plans for being in each other's weddings as maid of honor. Lauren's wedding is set for next October, and her friend was postponing her wedding a couple of years due to her funds. She and her fiancé wanted to save up, but last minute, her friend's future in-laws stepped in to put a bunch of cash into the wedding. Because of this, Lauren's friend changed her wedding date to two weeks before hers. Lauren knew she couldn't possibly be her friend's maid of honor with their weddings being so close. We tried to help Lauren ask her best friend to move her wedding date, but she wouldn't budge. She even accused Lauren of not wanting the best for her. The last time they spoke, Lauren was considering backing out of her friend's wedding after finding out she had all of her wedding events planned. She was prepared to find a new maid of honor. So what damage did this do to their friendship? After that last conversation we had, we where she adamantly refused to change her wedding date despite the stress it was causing me, I was really hoping she'd come to her senses on her own. I thought she'd realize the strain it was putting on our friendship. I decided to tell her that she needed to find a new maid of honor and that I couldn't handle being both a bride and a maid of honor. She was upset and tried to change my mind. I had hoped that she would also voluntarily step back from being my maid of honor, but she didn't. She insisted that she could handle both weddings, even though I know deep down that it was unrealistic. So I had to make the decision that she wasn't willing to, and I told her that somebody else would be taking over as my maid of honor. Mm -hmm. When I finally broke the news to her, it didn't go well at all. She was furious and felt betrayed. She accused me of not being a true friend, of not supporting her when she needed me the most. I tried to explain that I was doing what was best for me in my own wedding, but she wouldn't hear it. The argument got heated, and we said things that we can't take back. Since then, we haven't spoken a word to each other. It's been over a month. I miss her, but it feels like the damage to our friendship may be irreparable. It's not just about the weddings anymore. It's about the way we've hurt each other with our words and our actions. As for my wedding, I did find a new maid of honor, someone who has been incredibly understanding and supportive throughout this ordeal. It's not the same, though. I always imagined my best friend at my side on my big day, and now that, that dream has, and now that dream has been shattered. All I can do is focus on moving forward with my wedding preparations and hope that somehow things work out for both of us and for our friendship. Mm. Lauren. What do you guys think about that? The a bummer. <sighs> yeah, that really sucks. It's just, it's two friends who are seeing the same situation completely differently. Mm. One thinking that it's manageable, the other being a little more realistic and knowing that it's probably not. And it's just, it, it's, it's sad that it came to this, but 
I I don't blame her for having, you know, for backing out of her friend's wedding and then also asking her to step down or not asking her, telling her that she's Mm -hmm. stepping down as her maid of honor. God, it feels like there's so much tension surrounding weddings whenever we're talking about weddings on this show, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It should be law that you have to elope in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) You can't spend this amount of time or this amount of money. Yeah, it causes everything to come to the surface. But here's what I think happened. I... It's one thing for you to back out of your friend's wedding because you think that you can't handle it. I think it's another thing to make the decision to to not let her be the maid of honor. I think she really cut off her nose to spider her face here. And I can totally see how, like, if, if somebody did that to me and said, well, you're just being demoted, that would feel like a very tangible way of hurting me. It's not just like, you know, words that were said back and forth. Like, you literally took me from the top spot on your friendship list. I was going to be standing next to you on your on your big day, and you were just bumping me down to the bottom and telling me what I can and can't handle. So, I'm honestly, like, Lauren, I really feel for you, and I would have been hurt if my best friend had planned her wedding around the same time as mine, but I, I really do feel like you're in the wrong here. I feel like this is one of those situations, if I were her, I would feel like I want to do what I don't want to really do just because I want to preserve the friendship. And sometimes I feel like you're put in situations like that. So I get her standing her ground in this situation. I feel like I would have done the same thing. But it just sucks that in doing that, you lost someone that you thought was a genuine friend. But Mm -hmm. I don't see what other options she really had here. I I bet later on in the show, if we just opened it up and said, who lost like a best friend? Due to wedding plans or a wedding, I think the phone lines would blow up. Or maybe it's just my perspective based on what we get here on emails. But it feels to me like there's so much tension surrounding weddings that someone is getting hurt. A relative, a best friend, somebody. The bars have been set so high. Social media hasn't helped um, with, you know, the showcasing of the weddings. And Pinterest boards haven't helped with, you know, trying to plan the perfect wedding. And you do. You put all this stress on yourself that you end up taking it out on those around you. The Burt Show. They had a great first virtual date. The problem is that's all he seems to want in the future. Should she continue to date him or ditch him? I had a fantastic first date recently, but now I need some advice. So here is the deal. On our first date, he was upfront about his busy schedule and how he doesn't normally have time to date much. However, he expressed genuine interest in me and suggested that we could continue to to connect through virtual dates until his schedule eases up after after the new year. That's a busy man. He is very busy. That man. is I a mean, very busy man. Holidays do. I mean, this time of year gets pretty busy. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we had our first virtual date the other day, and it was very unique. He had food delivered to both of us from the same restaurant, and we had a dinner date via FaceTime with him using his laptop and me using my iPod, iPad. That's cute. Really yeah, cute, right? I like that. I'm not mad at that. On one hand, I'm impressed by his creativity and effort to make this virtual date happen despite his hectic life. On the other hand, I feel a bit annoyed and puzzled. I'm torn between two conflicting thoughts here. Is this level of busyness and reliance on virtual dates insulting, or is it actually a thoughtful gesture considering his circumstances? Part of me appreciates the effort despite his busy schedule. The fact that he went the extra mile to organize a virtual dinner and have our meals delivered to both of us shows effort and consideration. It feels like he genuinely wants to make this work, even if it means compromising on one on in-person meetups for now. However, the other part of me can't help but wonder how someone can be so busy that they have absolutely no time to see someone in person. I understand Life can get hectic, but is it reasonable to expect that he can't carve out even a small window of time for a face-to-face meeting? I'd love to know if being limited to virtual dating is something you'd put up with from Ashton. All right, you guys want in on this? one 855 Where do we start? Ditch. Ditch. Because if you're not a priority now, you will never be a priority. That's how I feel. Um, I dated somebody who made everything else in life a priority over me. And I'm not saying that you have to be a princess and they have to bow down to your every women need. But when you find yourself down there on the list and his softball games take priority over you, you're going to have to realize that this this guy is never going to like put me first. I think the first concern for me would be um, are the circumstances that he's under that are making him so busy because he's busy at work or busy in, like, a marriage. (laughs) (laughs) With his other family. Yeah, because, you know, you you can be really busy with that, too. So, for me, um, 
I think you have to know yourself. If you are a person that can date someone that's going to give you this much free time and not be able to put a, make you a priority and that works for you, cool. But if you are not and you want more of them, I think he is showing you what he can mm-hmm. provide. Yeah. And you should go with that. And if you need more, get out of there before it's too late. I think you should date him, but I have follow-up questions. <laughs> so he says he's busy. Is he busy in your same city or is he busy because he's constantly flying out for work? Because I could see this as a really cute thing where he's like, you know what? I fly four days a week for my job. I'm constantly in a new city every single day. I'm going to send you food and I'm going to make this happen. To me, that shows dedication. That shows commitment. However, if you are living down the street, my guy, and you can't even take an hour of your day to go on a walk with me or to grab coffee, that to me is a huge red flag. And that's when I would say ditch. First of all, I think your dude is four foot six. And that's why he doesn't want to be seen um, face to face. You think he's hiding something? <laughs> yep. I think he's four foot six. Okay. And he looks like a big old man on Zoom. Okay. Uh, secondly, Mo has said this before, and I don't think that women fully embrace this, that if a man is excited by you, it doesn't matter if he's in that city, out of the city, flying here, flying there. If the do- you're in that intoxication period, this man is going to make time for you to lock you down or at least see you face to face. Period. Period. 100%. He's going to move mountains to be with you. Yes. Every single time. Yes. So for a dude to say, look, my schedule is so busy. I can't see you until January. Huge BS. Something else is going on there. Mm-hmm. I am with Kristen. I don't even care what it is. Ditch the dude. Yeah. And Bo's right. He's showing you who he is up front. Either you're going to be, the fact that you're emailing us and you're contemplating it, this is not the dating scenario. Like you're, this is not what you want in a dating partner. Mm-mm. So just go ahead and ditch. Typically it doesn't get better than what you're being shown in the beginning. They don't call the honeymoon phase the third year <laughs> of the relationship <laughs> for a reason. Women, listen to us. Listen to this from Mo and us and me, that a dude is never too busy. He is never too busy. Never. He will always make time for you if he's really digging on you, period. When you're the right woman, like Craig K said, he will move mountains for you. It's that simple. Mary Beth, you want in on this. Thank you for calling the Bircha. Calling the Bircha. I do. However, I am regretting <laughs> seeing my real name because my daughter would show me. Um, so my daughter's in a similar situation. She's been dating someone for about eight months, and they see each other about once a week or less. He is in a summertime industry, and he's just trying to break into it. Excuse me. So it's always, I had to work over, I had to work late. However, on Mondays, he has a do thing that he never misses. Mm. So he sounds like a great guy. We haven't met him yet. That's another sticking point. And our family's very close. We socialize together quite a bit. Um... Yeah, and he sounds like such a great guy. He's done so many sweet things for her. And, I mean, he's picked her up when she was out with her friends and driven her home because he felt that she shouldn't drive. And just just super sweet stuff. Great gifts, but <sighs> she's stuck. I'm a little confused on what the connection is. Okay. Because she doesn't, she only sees them once a week. Right. So it's not, it's not virtual, but it's very limited. Yeah. Sometimes it's yeah. not once a week. And, and, you know, we're between this, well, she's between this. Um, maybe mom's a little over involved. Um, <laughs> we're between this. <laughs> Um, he's such a great guy, but, mm-hmm. you know, he yeah. doesn't have time for her. Maybe he's not been into her. I, I don't see this as a similar situation because at least they are seeing each other and hanging out with each other once a week. This is a guy that's saying his schedule is so busy, he can't make any time for her until January. Very different. It is different, but I feel her pain as a mom. You want somebody that you want a partner for your child that's going to be there. Available. And mm-hmm. available. Right. And also want to meet the family after eight months. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Flag football is making its way to the Summer Olympics. It won't be until 2028, so you've got a little less than five years from now until you can see some of your faves gearing up to take on other countries in this sport that's typically only been seen in high school gym classes up until now. (laughs) But every professional and college football player who isn't in the NFL, I'm sure, is going to be very excited about this possibility. Mm. However, lots of current and former NFL players are probably going to play as well. Gronk has been vocal about wanting to take part, (laughs) and I was... I love Gronk. Just no thoughts, just vibes. Love that man. He is a cave. 
caveman. He is a modern day caveman. Thanks. His knuckles just dragging on the ground. <laughs> Forehead not fully developed. So I was listening to the New Heights podcast, and that's with Jason and Travis Kelsey, who are both NFL players. One is notoriously dating Taylor Swift, which may or may not be why I'm listening. But I was listening to the podcast, and they were talking about how some players are getting excited, A, about the possibility of missing summer training camp, but it also looks like they're excited for football players to get to play on a global stage for the first time. As we've talked about before, one of the downsides of playing football is that there isn't an ability to represent your country as of right now as a football player. Yeah, you can't be world champions, like you said. Yeah, well, as uh, Noah Lyles said, yep. So we're excited about this. I mean, this is going to be really cool. For the first time in the history of our sport, guys are going to be able to represent their countries and play football, albeit flag football, not anywhere near as cool, but it'll be fun. So I think I saw this in a commercial this weekend that the NFL has a flag football league, and there are a ton of teams all around the country, and it goes from, like, young, young kids to much older adults. So it's already happening. I didn't realize that. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, because that was in uh, the documentary that Koi Wire did for CNN about the you know hard hits and um, making sure that football players are safe. And a lot of parents are actually leaning towards flag football for their younger kids, mm-hmm. which still teaches them agility and like you know some of the ins and outs of the game without the tackling. And then once they get more developed and they're in high school and stuff, that's when they start playing like the actual. Real, like football. Yeah, you can go to their website. It's NFLflag.com. So there are, already, I mean, there are a ton of these teams already. Never knew. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently in February of 2023, that's when NFL, that's when uh, flag football searches skyrocketed on Google because um, it, it was featured during like an NFL Pro Bowl game or something like that. But I'm more interested to see how other countries are going to stack up against America because we've been doing, you know, flag football since kids could walk mm-hmm. at eight years old, um, you know, in high school gym classes, you know, 15, 16, like we have real leagues. I do wonder how other <laughs> countries are going to compete with yeah. ex-NFL players, even if it is just flag football. If I'm kind of a little dude from South Korea and I watch all these NFL players coming at me, man. No, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, nope. <laughs> nope. Wouldn't we have to change the name of it if we play in like South America? Because they're not going to allow oh, it to be called football. That's right. That ain't football that's to do. Right. We would have to change the whole name. Oh, yeah. That's right. I can't think of a better name than flag football because that's just all we know. That's yeah. all we know. Just running and, and pulling flags. That's <laughs> all it is. But, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. And I think um, the macho guys of the NFL are very excited that this is going to be a slam dunk mm-hmm. for everyone to go home with a gold medal. Yeah, that's what the NBA players thought for a while. And then they started getting beat by other teams around the world. So <laughs> take it easy, boys. That's a fact. <laughs> is that a gold medal you're proud of? I mean, it's gold Gold medal, so of course you're proud, yeah. but like you got a gold medal in flag football. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's going on the Is that something that you're like? <laughs> it may go in a trophy case, but way right. on the bottom, right. way like, on the bottom. Simone Biles and her her medals, super proud. Yes. Michael Phelps and all his medals, super proud. Yeah. Gronk with his flag football medal. Yeah, I think if we're all at a table and Simone and them are pulling <laughs> yeah. their medals, yeah. yeah, you just leave yours in your pocket. <laughs> I think I probably don't even go to the podium for the medal. No. If I win the gold, I'm just going to, ah, you know. Have somebody accept it for you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a gold medal at the Olympics. Yeah, but it's a flag football. <laughs> a win is a win. And when people Google you, it would be Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Bert Weiss. Oh. Who cares what, the, what it yeah. is? Yeah. Good point. Yeah, 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 That's a good point. Yeah. Do you think people will find any sport, no matter what, just so they could have that lead into their name. Listen, I might take up curling. I might be one of those curlers where you're like sweeping the ice. Apparently that's harder than it looks. Yeah, I'm sure that's hard. Yeah, Kristen and I have maintained for years that like two weeks before the Olympics, we could pick it up and we can win at least um, a silver. I never, you have maintained. Don't let me in with you. <laughs> Weren't we both going to do no. that? Pre- no. That was not I. That was definitely you. It <laughs> <laughs> was, <that just> <laughs> was not I. <laughs> Jonathan Major's ex was just arrested, but the DA is refusing to prosecute her. We'll chat about why on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. So the infidelity happened a long time ago, but she just found out about it, and she's having a hard time getting over it. We will get to that here in just one second. But first, Kristen, I wanted to talk to your inner eighth grader Ooh. with this story. Yeah. Kristen loves to poop. 
<laughs> oh, I, I, I really love farts. She loves the farts. She loves the poop. So here's a Virginia woman who's got a real problem at work with her email address. Uh-huh. Now she got a new job and it's circulating back again and now she has to address it with the new bosses. My name is Samantha Hart and most companies use the email designation of first initial last name, meaning that my email would be short. So now as I transition to this new role, I did investigate the email structure at this new company and they do in fact use first initial last name, which means I am going to have another very uncomfortable conversation with somebody. So, shart, shart is her email. So it'd be like shart at the birch show. Oh. <laughs> Bless her little heart. Bless her oh, little shart. <laughs> All right. So the email here, Kristen's got it, is she is really, really, I mean, she's obviously hurt. She finds out that he cheated years and years and years ago. And she's having a tough time getting around this. Hello, Bert Show. P1 here, who has never emailed before until now. Thanks for making me laugh on my way to work every day. Hope you just enjoyed our shard story. Um, <laughs> instead of laughs, I could really use your advice. My husband and I have been together for 10 years and married for eight. He recently confessed to cheating on me during our first year of dating. He swears it only happened once and that he immediately felt guilty about it. I have no clue why he felt compelled to tell me now. I even asked him that question after he told me and he didn't have a response. He just felt it was the right thing to do. Even though this happened nine years ago, it still felt like somebody punched me in the gut when he told me. I'm having a really hard time with the whole thing. At the same time, we've had a great marriage, two beautiful boys, and I couldn't ask for more in a man. My question is, what the hell do you do when you get news like this? Is it possible to brush it off and move on, or will things get worse from here? I hope there are some people out there that have had experience with this and can give me some advice. Thanks, Wounded Wife. one 855 Well, I would start Googling a therapist. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one to get past right there. It doesn't matter when it happened. If you find out about it, all the emotions and the um, disloyalty... I mean, it all. It, those are all your feelings right now. Could, who cares if it happened 10 years ago? Abby, would you want to know? Um, yeah, because I'm a little bit of a control freak. And I think having all the knowledge of what's gone on and the relationship and also like I'm the type of person that over communicates my feelings that I really appreciate it when I get it from the other person. However, that doesn't mean it's going to hurt me less. But I think with her situation from for her. I think really the pain comes from like how far did it go because it's a it's a big difference if you just had like a blackout makeout in a bar somewhere or if you like went home with somebody. You want to know the details? Uh, yeah, I want to know the details because if you honestly, I would feel a lot better if it was just like a makeout. Like, okay, you got a little too drunk. We were only dating three months, and you regretted it and never did anything ever again. I can move past that. But if you got intimate, more intimate with somebody, and it was within the first year of dating. <laughs> I'm going to need to work through that, so I want that knowledge. Yeah. Let me go ahead and give a PSA to my husband right now. (laughs) Hey, Bart, (laughs) if this happened, I don't want to know. Your burden to bear is taking that to your grave. Amen to that. That's going to be your punishment is having to deal with that guilt. Because I feel like in in an instance, because this is like, you know, we're talking nine years later, it's kind of selfish of him to unload this on her just so he can feel better about himself. What's the uh, Les Brown saying that I've told you time and time again? Which one? It's the one that if you are still feeling uh, guilty about something you did in your past, but you're a different person now, a totally different person now, and you would handle the situation differently, then you're holding an innocent person hostage. Yep, I agree with that, and I also completely agree with Kristen. I, I've changed my stance on this um, in recent years. I used to be the person that always wanted to know. Like, I just want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. I so much so I used to hate that Mario Winans song, I Don't Want to Know. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you would tell me. But as I've gotten older, it, it is true what they say. What you don't know won't hurt you. And in a situation like this, I would want to know if it were new. we 10 years in. We've been married all of these years. You keep that to yourself. That That is, I believe that is selfish, and he did just want to get that off more for himself. And it's not going to help me do anything. You could have kept that one, and I would be doubly mad for the fact that you did it and for you telling me now. I don't think I would be able to get past it. She wants to be called Elizabeth, and she is on The Voice Disguiser. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning. How are you? Really good. Now, you have been in this situation before as well? Uh, similar, yes. I um, have been with my husband now for seven years, and um, I, when I was pregnant, I found some 
text messages and things that I should not have found. Um, I don't know if anything uh, piano playing happened, but I will tell you that um, while it was the most soul-crushing thing that I have ever experienced in my life, uh, we are on the other side of it, and I could not be happier. So I think your listener, if they can do therapy and those types of things that you guys have already suggested, I think she will be just fine. Um, hopefully, if she thinks that the relationship is okay now and they've had nine years to kind of work out, I think she will be all right. All right. Thank you for providing that hope, Elizabeth. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, Tia is on The Voice Disguiser. Good morning, Tia. Thanks for being part of the Bircha. Hey, I had a similar situation except for the woman found me on Facebook like a year later. And I just, um, me and my husband's credit card had a good time at Linux. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, okay. so a little, a little more detail to you. So his, his mistress hit you up on Facebook. And did you immediately take his credit card and um, do a little retail therapy? Or did he he happily hand over that credit card for you to do some retail therapy? Um, no, I took the credit card and did some retail therapy. He, uh, the credit card called him like, oh, what, what's going on at Dillard's? Uh, this is a weird purchase. And he approved the purchases. Uh, he approved <laughs> 11 years now. What is the exchange rate for infidelity? How much did you spend on that card? (laughs) It was so long ago, but I know there was like some bags and shoes and designer jeans involved. Thousands we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yes. We got to do this later on in the show. Oh, like, yes. Well, I'm sure it's inflated nowadays. Um, <laughs> for the record, uh, no no shade to Dillard's. I, I ain't going to Dillard's. That, yeah. Yeah. You I'm that going to Gucci. Uh-huh. I'm going to Versace. Yep. I'm going to Prada. Saks. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hermes. Which, uh-huh. which color you want? Both yeah. of them. Right. Ooh, yes. <laughs> the we whole get some rack. Red bottom shoes. <laughs> Get it? The Bird Show. Hi, Kaylee. It's a very, very special time for Kaylee and his wife right now. Yeah. Yep. Today's our anniversary. Hey, congrats, Happy man. Anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, How many you. years? Tommy oh. just asked me that, and I was like, uh, I think uh, nine, maybe. Yeah, because you figured it out. I then followed up the question, do you even know what year you got married? He's yeah, like, I do. Um, I do remember. Um, 2014. He, <laughs> he finally got it. Okay. So. I had to do the math for him. Yeah. What's the percentage of your friends that would have said that this marriage was going to last nine years? I don't know. That's a good question. A lot of my um, my true friends are in debt, dead or in jail. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Okay. I think there's only a few lingering that are left. Sorry about my voice, by the way. Oh no, the uh, ladies are loving it right okay, now. You're well, good. It's extra deep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Happy anniversary to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I figured, you know, I we talked a few weeks back on the show. I hooked my wife up. I, I kind of surprised her. I redid her uh, wedding ring. That was a family heirloom. And normally I don't post a lot on social media. Like everybody else feels like obligated to make the Mother's Day posts yep. and the anniversary. But something, something got in me. Yeah. And I took out my quill. <laughs> <laughs> and put it to paper. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> um yeah, I'm going to try to keep it together here. This is going to be pretty funny. Oh, so um, this is your anniversary love letter yes. to your wife, Erin. Yes, yes, After yes. nine blissful years yeah, of absolutely. marriage. Absolutely. sweet. Yes. Ready? My dearest Erin, as I sit by the hearth, the, f- <laughs> <laughs> the flames dancing like distant memories, I am filled with profound gratitude for the tapestry of years we've woven together. On this anniversary, in a time when our nation is torn asunder by relentless waves of political divide, inflation, high interest rates, supply chain issues, wars raging, wars raging in distant lands, and the lingering effects of COVID, my heart brims with appreciation for the battles we've confronted and conquered, not with bayonets and cannons. <laughs> what? But- yeah, but with the weapons of love and unwavering devotion. <laughs> Did Abraham Lincoln write that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Boys, go on. 
Of adversity. Wow. It's powerful. Isn't Deep, it? man. Man, I was channeling our forefathers. <laughs> oh, man. All right. On this special day, I wish to express not only my gratitude, but my profound appreciation for the countless sacrifices you've made, the love you poured into our family, and the multitude of acts of kindness that have illuminated our days. Your boundless caring and unwavering dedication have not only been the bedrock of our family, but the light that guides us through the darkest of times. Together, we crafted a life as enduring as the very history of our nation. <laughs> oh, man. A testament to love's enduring power, even in the harshest of trials. I eagerly anticipate the chapters we will continue to write together. The laughter and tears, the shared dreams and unexpected adventures. And the beauty of growing old hand in hand. Watching, <laughs> watching our love mature like the finest vintage wine. <laughs> with all my love, with all the love in my heart and the warmest of sentiments. Kaylee. It's really, wow. Wasn't really beautiful? Wow. Really, really beautiful. Thank you, Chad GPT, for that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you literally put in, write an anniversary poem for my wife? I said, write me a anniversary letter to my wife like it was written in the Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Then it nailed it. Then it nailed it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sidebar, your voice today is really kind of making a move for me. Well, just, man, I feel like it's just cry. It's just all over the place. No, it's good stuff. I felt like it sounded like I was um, like getting all broke up. Like, it was the, the laughter of just reading what this thing just was. Pretty sure the just, breakup happens later on. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Bird Show. Get it? The Bird Show. Y'all know that moment, that awkward moment when you turn around. And you're face to face with someone who you know has been trying to avoid you for the longest time. <laughs> I think we've all been there at some point. Yeah, that is exactly what happened to me the other day. And it was with famous rapper Benzino, which this has been a storyline that has somewhat played out right here on the Bird Show some time ago. I don't know if you guys remember, but a long time ago, uh, Benzino was traveling on tour with a basketball group who was then called and one. Mm-hmm. And they were a big deal at the time, and they would go from arena to arena and showcase, like, really fancy basketball moves in different places. At that time, I was one of the more popular battle rappers in Denver, Colorado, and, and one was coming to the Pepsi Center, which is where the Nuggets play. So what I didn't know at that time was there was, like, a scam that they were running where they were trying to promote, they being Benzino and The Source, because he used to work for The Source magazine, they were trying to promote their own artist, but they were pretending as if this artist was like a random person that they pulled from the crowd at every arena, and they would have this person battle, rap battle against locals at every arena, but the locals would never win because this guy was really good. So fast forward to the point they get to Denver. Now, they don't know me. I wasn't even scheduled to be in this rap battle. I don't know anything that's going on. But one of my friends 
basically, long story short, forces me to get on the stage. And I end up battling. And so now they had me battle at halftime. They were like, we're going to battle a guy at halftime for two rounds. So I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. My whole family is there. It's an arena that holds like 20,000 people. So it's like I'm nervous, but I'm ready for the moment. I'm fully prepared for this moment. And so we go and we battle at halftime. They bring the guy out. And we battled the first round, I beat him. We battled the second round, I beat him. We ended up battling six rounds. I didn't realize it, but the reason they did that is because they was trying to get him to win a round so that they can disqualify me and not actually give me prizes oh, that they were promising people. That was the play. So I ended up winning all six rounds. Whoa. And so at the end, I, could, I didn't realize it, but I can kind of feel it when they were like, all right, our winner, give it up for Mo from Denver. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm like, okay, what do yeah. I win? So they take me backstage and they tell me I was going to be featured in the Source magazine, which was a big deal then because Source was a big hip-hop magazine. I, was gonna get a, I wasn't going to get a full record deal, I remember, but they said I was going to get a two-song record deal. So they were going to allow me to make two songs, push the songs out. I was going to win a bunch of cash prizes, sweatsuits, things of this nature. They gave me a number to call to follow up. So I called the number back. The number is disconnected. Shut <gasps> up. I can't, get in, I can't get in touch with anybody. Never saw Benzino again, right? My mom has always had it out for Benzino ever since this moment. <laughs> to this day. You didn't get a thing. N- not a thing. And again, I, this is what year? Oh, man. This is uh, maybe 15 years ago. <laughs> okay, and your mom's still just waiting. To this day. Uh-huh. I would be too. To yeah. this day. You just don't forget. Because she thought this was my big break. This yeah. is what we all were waiting for. This is the you're moment. You're going to be in Source Magazine. You're right. going to get a two-song record deal. Like, yeah. And this was even like my coming out party for my family to see how good I actually was at rap battling. They had no idea at that point. This is their first time seeing me is at half court of the Dang. Pepsi Center. Like, wow, our son is pretty good. This is about to happen for him. So imagine my disappointment at the time. So I always said to myself, I'll run into Benzino again, and he's going to have to explain himself. So fast forward. I don't know if y'all remember this, but one day I came into I came into the show, and then Bert has Benzino on the line after I told this story the first time, and so Benzino remembers <laughs> this incident. I, I'm which I give him credit for because I thought he was gonna act like he didn't remember. <laughs> he he owned it and he remembered and he remembered me being really good. He never really got down to the bottom of why they were doing what they were doing, but he said to me, "I'll make it up to you." And we can do some music in the studio together. We'll figure something out. I'll put you around some producers. We can make something happen. So we have this audio somewhere. I would imagine we do. Okay. Definitely. And so I forgot we did that. Me too. Yep. Yeah, so he, he came on. We exchanged numbers. Tommy gave me his number behind the scenes. I text him, let him know it was me. He was like, cool, locked in. Let me know when you want to go into the studio. And then are you also like, will my sweatsuits and my money be there as well? Oh, when I was going to have all studio? these questions. But I, you know, I was a grown man. I was in love with my mama. <laughs> mama, tell him. <laughs> and I, uh, we, I saw him again, actually. I think a couple months after that in the gym, randomly, he's randomly in the gym. I run into him and we started to talk about um, the, 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 the conversation we had on the show and just kind of everything. And he's like, yo, man, no, seriously, hit me up. So I'm like, I'm going to hit you up, dude. Let's work. Let's, let's put some music together. Did the same thing again. <laughs> Line is disconnected. Shut I'm like, is this man just changing his numbers for me? Like, just me personally? What is going on? So that was, I don't know how long ago that was. That was years ago. That was years ago. When that, when that, and I completely have just spaced it out and forgot about it, whatever. It was a, it was a, a funny story that'll always be a part of my life. And then I go to the airport and I'm getting on like the train to get to my gate. To the, you're getting on the plane train, baby. Right. And as soon as I walk on the train, and I and I try to go to my left in order to stand out of the way. There he is. Oh, Benzino. We are face okay. to face on this train. And there's nowhere he can go. There's nowhere he can go. And I can see it. I see it wash <laughs> over his face like, you have got to be kidding me, man, of all the people in the world. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what else to say. It was awkward for me, too. Yeah. So I just go, well, well. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> isn't this a, a pleasant surprise? So how you doing, man? He's like, I'm good. Then he pretends to be happy to see me. And I was My like, dude. Yes, yes. I was like, we don't have to do this, man. We don't we don't have to do this. How you been? How you been? Are you good? He's like, I'm good, man. Everything's good. How you? I'm like, I'm good too. And then he's like, man, we were supposed to get together. Oh god. I said, we don't have to do that, bro. Don't even don't even worry about it. And then um You're the, not holding him no, to not, the flames? Because he no, knows it's not no. gonna happen. For what? Right. At this point, it's wasted energy. I didn't even he's please pulling his phone out like we're about to exchange numbers again. <laughs> I'm like, don't even worry about it, man. It's all good. It's good seeing you. 
you. I, I wish you the best, my guy. And I, uh, I walked right off of the no, train. No, absolutely okay. not. Pay up. So would he be more scared to see you again or Kristen and your mama? Probably Kristen and my yeah. mama. Which would be great to go to a studio full of rappers. And <laughs> with, 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 yes. Y'all are going to fix this. I'm going to walk in and be like, where is Mr. Benzino? Because I have a beef with Mr. Benzino. No, you'd ask for Mr. Zeno. His first name is Ben. Oh, Excuse me. <laughs> Last name's Zeno. Where's Mr. Zeno? <laughs> so it's done at this point. You're just letting it go. I think it's done. I think that was the end of the story. My friend needs his sweatsuits. He needs his money. He needs his feature in Source Magazine. My record deal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That man owes me a lot. Go get it, Kristen. I am. We're on it. Go okay. get it. I will find Mr. Benzino. <laughs> Mr. Zeno. Mr. Zeno. Somewhere, somehow. Zeno party of Benzino right here. All right, we need to do this today because it's the last day we can do this for Lifeline Animal Project. Right, Kristen? So Lifeline Animal Project is working to end euthanasia of healthy and treatable animals here in Atlanta. And the DeKalb County Animal Services and Fulton County Animal Services are at an overcapacity. Lifeline posted a letter from their CEO, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. They said the overcrowding in our county shelters has reached a pivotal breaking point, and our commitment and desperation to save lives and support families facing economic hardships by taking in the pets they can no longer keep. We have stretched the shelter's capacity and resources to unsustainable limits. We share your heartbreak and are also distraught and agree that the current conditions in our shelters are no longer humane or sustainable, which means they are going to have to start euthanizing animals because the, the current conditions they are in is just, it's... It's just, it's just horrible mm-hmm. for the pets. Yeah. So because of the current economic um, situation and with inflation and people are just no longer able to afford their pets, they are returning them. And DeKalb County Animal Services and Fulton County Animal Services and Lifeline Animal Project could really use your help. Even if you can't adopt a pet, if you can foster pets for a short period of time just to help alleviate some of that stress, it would be greatly appreciated. You can find them at Lifeline Animal on Instagram. It's the Bird Show. Get it? The Bird Show.